Hello and welcome to the third and final segment of this tripartite series on the transcendental cinema. Last episode, I spoke about the ability of the actor to transform spaces into more than compositions or arrangements of matter, where spaces become the setting for any plethora of eventualities where Jean-Luc Godard's Breathless comes to mind, where characters are nearly oblivious to spaces and much more focused on drama, characterization, and dialogue. This as viewed by a patron of a film has the effects to awaken their awareness of spaces as enabling components and even structures unto themselves. Structures which are subject to the ideation of its occupant. Spaces then become fluid as much as permissible, no longer passive and inactive, but a co-conspirator to a particular social agent or group of agents. Without any further ado, this is Structure and Synecdote. We come to find that the cinema brings us closer to understanding the manner in which aesthetics is understood as the harmonious and pleasing sensory composition of elements and atmospheres of experiential reality are, by way of the suppositions of teleology applied to the human experience, we find that life confirms itself, and that the aesthetic of the group ideation found in the cinema is one which alludes to the notion of the common heuristic, where Heuristics are means of quickly remembering important information or rules of thumb. Heuristics can also be understood as a means of time-dependent association with the group by way of distanced or seemingly isolated acts. In the age of globalization and increasing pervasiveness of the technological innovations which enable highly diverse and dispersed connectivity of the world, we come to find that it is easier and more encouraged to act in isolation, to define our values and identities among ourselves, as Zygmunt Bauman would expose in Liquid Modernity, we do not shirk or put aside society, but instead by way of the collectively practiced heuristic of modern society, find greater communion with values, norms, and aesthetics, and perhaps define aesthetics removed from the classicism and formalism of the traditional theater experience. More readily, more accurately, and operationally or practically via the modalities and mediums 
by which the internet provides us. Does this negate the aesthetic relevance of the cinema? It does in some areas of the impact intended by the suppositions and assumptions of medium specificity. In other ways, it is not that simple. We find that the postmodern world, its aesthetic assumption must rely upon a state distinct from that of the cinema, and that the flux of trends and the Joneses espouse and imply a materialism which is exclusive and inherent, where there are no such things as structuralist safe spaces, in contrast to the suspended state we enter when engaging in the formalism of watching a film even if at home. We must take time away from an increasingly productive society amidst a flurry of information, trends, fads, and other elements of the new social aesthetics facilitated by Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, etc. To assume that role of the academic or the critic What a delight it is that we all can be critics of the formal and well-measured discipline of the cinema, of filmmaking. We find that the act of consumption of the cinema then in wake of the contrasting and at times contradictory aesthetics of social media and contemporary materialism are such that we casually affect a greater impact upon the stratum of the constantly changing flow of social aesthetics found via the internet. We have less patience for things which fall below a certain stratum of aesthetic decency and quality. People, when searching the outlets of postmodern cinema, strive not for distraction in the Krakowian sense, but instead to feed the pit of ever-increasing randomity that is the modernist social forum. It is the case that this longing, filled by various new age means of consumption of cinema, do not entirely distinguish the cinema from its traditional formality, but instead establishes a formality that is non-localized and can be affected anywhere. There are the means by which the aesthetic discourse can be held. Home, subway, bus, plane. It is the case that we find in increasing demand by the social agent to affect the assumption of their rationalization of idealization of aesthetics relative to their own social modality such as social class, education, etc. We find then that In isolation, the discourse of aesthetic promulgation, ideation, 
and reasoning is a greater formalism than that of the theater and that the isolated individual is given more chance to define their own perspective and tastes optically and sonically of that which is represented to them and the objectivity of the cinematic medium. Sounds, tonality, can represent danger or safety and comfort. Sounds can also be communicated via color theory, where a certain sound corresponds to frequency rate of the photons of various color values. I hope to, with more exposition, focus upon this in a later series where we come to understand that structuralism implies aesthetic composition and reflection. In this, we must assume that the social actor or consumer affects the compositional modality by which the cinema finds itself embedded within. By the choices of what can be chosen via the isolationist formalism of streaming and on-demand film, we find that in modernity there is a bridge that once was non-existent, allowing social agents to be more impactful forces of that circularity of aesthetics, which idealistically and materialistically permeates their lives. In terms of Jean Baudelard's simulation and simulacra, we come to find that the circularity of WVO Quine is as such as not to necessitate a definition of the subject by way of the subject, but instead by intention or the particular qualities of the subject. A sort of Mandelbrot-like exposition of structure relative to metastructure and vice versa, like a fractal. Social actors or consumers affect the common consensus by choice, albeit these choices due to the time factor of the production of films from production to dissemination, there is time for reflection where producers can know what things are profitable and what subjects, topics, depictions of norms and values are not profitable. We find that trends are not an inescapable event horizon which the social agent or viewer is pulled into, forced to fight against the prevailing crowd, but instead which confirm the everyday aesthetic composition of the reality by which the social agent interacts and experiences phenomenological reality. Structuralism and contemporary cinema then are two inseparable elements of experiential reality, in which aesthetics is found to be not entirely existent in a bubble of simulation relative to the actual materiality of experiential reality, but instead by way of ontological idealism and the increasing means by which social actors are enabled to define themselves relative to the traditional modalities of society. That the aesthetics found in characterization, directing, and writing 
in the materialism of the actor and director to the transcendentalism of the writer are indicative of a normative social modality by which reflectivity is increasingly found. As we live in the most peaceful time in human history, this can only occur by way of reflectivity. And that the animal that understands causality knows that for actions there are reactions. We, because of the increasing reflectivity afforded by the isolation of formalism affected by contemporary cinema, find ourselves more readily willing to engage in the social play acting, which serves to affect aesthetic composition, as well as make more self-affirming decisions relative to our own ideas of what aesthetics mean and denote in our own modalities of social life. As more options arise of consumption of the interpretation of the aesthetics of modernity, we find an increased diversity of characterization, story, and transcendence of space. Thank you for tuning in. More on the way. This is Structure and Synecdote signing out.